comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. Creature of the future. Her name is Barbarella, and she makes science fiction something else. Jane Fonda is Barbarella. Barbarella is a five star, double rated astro navigatrix Earth girl whose specialty is love. Shall I tell you what I would like? I think I know. Her top secret mission is a real wing-dinger. All right, everyone. Welcome to Comic Book Logic After Dark. Uh, today <laughs> we are going to be uh, talking with AFL-CIO <laughs> uh, leader George Meany, and we're going to have a brief discussion with Norman Mailer about his failing libido. But first, we're going to be doing a discussion today on the 1968 French sex romp, Barbarella. I was, I was thinking we need to have some, like, like Herb Albert playing in the background. <laughs> Night sax. <laughs> no, I'm thinking more like the 1960s, like... That's pretty much what the soundtrack was. Oh, God. It was the future and also the 60s. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm just surprised that the only thing that they were able to predict better about the future in the 1960s was that shag carpeting would be like really popular in the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And that was the only thing they got right. Robots with a lisp. <laughs> The spaceship had a lisp. It did have a lisp. All right. So uh, I am your host, Joe, and with me as always is my co-host, Kevin. Hey. And uh, so I'm going to start this podcast off like we do every podcast. Kevin, what did you know about the <laughs> comic book? Not really. Serialized the, comic thing. Yeah. Or as the Belgian French, comic. As the French call uh, Le Bandes de Cerebes. Or wow. Serenis. I, I can't. That's I'm, not I'm, even. I'm, yeah, you didn't even try. I I, I sort of admire that. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> You're I, just staunch unwillingness. Oh, the bandes de Serenis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did I know about <laughs> it? I'll venture that in this case, I knew probably about as much as you. Um, I will say, before we even get started, that um, unless I'm misremembering, and I should have asked him because I saw my father yesterday, I remember my father being a big fan of this movie. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those that he would catch on, like, late night cable, and he really liked this movie. And yet, I'm fairly certain either I made this up or he was just wrong, but he was... I feel like he remembers this movie starring Adrian Barbeau. <gasps> <laughs> for some reason because i, I know say, my mom my father your dad has is a vietnam whole... vet so why would he like jane fonda <laughs> that's a good that's a very good point he was he was overseas when this was happening yeah so i don't know what he was thinking of it may not have been this movie well uh, that's where we are i have a feeling adrian barbeau may make appearance later on in one of the other segments Ooh. um no so Barbarella is a part of the whole French canon of comics. 
Um, so there's this whole segment of comics out there, and I, I tend to talk that there's four main segments of comics out there. There's American, there's UK, which are very, very similar, not quite as, uh, not quite. Right. And then there's uh, J- Japanese, and then there's the fourth one, which is the Franco-Belgian comics. Um, all French language comics, they're mainly, you know, in, in France, Belgium, Luxembourg, that area, like the French-speaking sphere, the Franco-sphere. Sure. Um, it starts back all the way back to the 1930s, um, became really popular in the 1960s. They originally published in huge, like, newspaper format. Yes. And then they, they kind of skipped over, like, what we traditionally think of as a comic book, and they kind of went right to the idea of graphic novels. Okay. Um, you can still find them in many reprints that are, it, now they're in Barnes & Noble and stuff like that. You could buy your Tintin or your Asterix yeah. and Obelisk. I inexplicably had, like, and I, I don't remember, I think I got it from, like, a garage sale, or somebody gave it to me in, like, a book, or, or like, a box of just random books. They were cleaning out their garage or something, and it was a giant, bound like smurfs comic Ugh. thing with like yeah and, and i did not know you know i wasn't i like the smurfs really as a kid but that was my first like realization of like oh because i think it had an introduction too and it was like oh yeah this was like a french cup so that was pretty much it for me yeah um well there's three main styles of of french uh, belgium french comics <laughs> Franco-Belgian, whatever you want to call it, Franco-American. <laughs> Tintin, Smurfs, and sexy comics. <laughs> well, there's the realistic style, there's the comic dynamic style, and then there's the schematic style. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would probably assume that the realistic style is what Barbarella was, where it's everything is, is supposed to be hyper-realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to look as real as possible. Like What you're probably used to is the, the schematic style, which is kind of like where... All of the backgrounds are hyper realistic, but all the characters look like the Smurfs. Oh, okay, which is sure. why, which, which is one of the things that draws me out of Tintin comics. Yeah. I'm, they're these gorgeous Herge drawn backgrounds sure. that look just like Morocco, and then it's like you have this guy and then with a goofy cartoon, yeah, character. a little orphan like Annie the, running around, yeah. right? Like the good dinosaur. Yeah, that was basically the major criticism of that movie. Now I, I haven't seen the, the, the good dinosaur. I heard it was the lousy dinosaur, in all honesty. But. <laughs> well, right. I mean, it was exactly what you're describing. The backgrounds were incredibly gorgeous and detailed, and the water looked, you know, absurdly realistic, where you're like, at this point, why aren't they just shooting, yeah. like, a live-action movie? <laughs> They're yeah. just showing off. Well, they and did then they that. had, like, big googly-eyed, you know... Like a dinosaur that looks like a throwback to like with the draggy tail and yeah. everything. Well, yeah. I mean, you could go back to the reason why they did that was 2002's movie Dinosaur, which was essentially what you were describing, where everything was hyper realistic, filmed on real locations, right? And it failed <laughs> it was terribly. Awful. It was awful, <laughs> awful movie. Um, and the ride still terrifies children in Disney World as is. Ah, Felicia Rashad is in the ride. Oh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Barbarella, let's, let's get to, um, the actual comic Barbarella, created by Jean-Claude Forrest, right, just, or Jean-Claude Forrest, (laughs) sure, if you wanted, um, originally created in 1962, um, they published these comics, they were more adult-oriented, they, they're, they're sexy, they're almost like Tijuana Bibles in a lot of ways, Mm. um, for those who aren't aware of Tijuana Bibles, they were, you know, hand-drawn comics that were passed around that would usually have famous movie stars in them, drawn in, in, Precarious situations, mm-hmm. usually very, very blue, yeah. if you want. But actually, they were more yellow because they were on newsprint. But the... <laughs> <laughs> also, they were green. 
yeah. See, because I yeah, colors. That's yeah. a mixing color. It was an yeah. art joke, sort of. Um, it was mainly to. It was mainly as as a capitalization on uh, sexual liberation of women in the 1960s, um, where you had a main character who was a sexy space traveler who would fly around the galaxy and do all sorts of stuff. Sorry about this. Will be really appropriate to talk about Barbarella with a crying, crying baby, baby in, in the, the background. background. <laughs> yeah. Pygar. All right, so Barbarella. Mm. Um, I kept I kept thinking like as I'm watching this movie, like how are we going to talk about this movie? Because I'm not sure I could explain what happens in this movie. This movie is a mess on every level. I mean, like the best part of this entire movie is the opening sequence with Jane Fonda mm-hmm. playing Barbarella f- on plexiglass. Yeah. <laughs> Pretending like she's floating in outer space, right? Um, gradually removing her spacesuit, very titillating. They're playing, as I said earlier, Herb Alpert in the Tijuana Brass background, <laughs> basically. Or uh, uh, and you know, it's it's this wonderful opening shot. You, mm-hmm. you can really appreciate like the low tech effects of it. It's, yeah. it still looks pretty good, I guess. I mean, we can get to this later, but I I will say this for the movie that um, it's very nice to look at. I mean, there's a lot of really beautiful things in this movie. The sets are crazy. I appreciate a lot of the effort that went into it. Yeah, Um, It was nice to hear Marcel Marceau talk. Um, (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Well, he does it in like two movies. This one and then uh, with Silent Movie. With uh, oh, the Mel Brooks ironically, movie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ironically. Um, so after all of this opening sequence that goes on a little bit too long, but it's a 1960s movie, so like the openings always go a little long on those. They're movies. not in a hurry. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it well, they was... don't really do. They weren't doing end credits like long end credits yet. So they, no. they a lot of earlier movies will just put way too many credits up front and then they just cut well, off at the end. It wasn't until 1977 with Star Wars when that happened cuz Star Wars was the first one to say like, "Nah, we don't want to do anything in the opening. We're yeah. done with that." Which got George Lucas in a lot of trouble with the Directors Guild. But the yeah, so this one you have all of the opening and she's gradually taking off the spacesuit. And eventually she's done and she's hanging out in the shag carpeted uh decor spaceship that she yes. flies around in. Yeah. As Kevin so adequately said, the spaceship with a lisp. Yeah. Well, her robot spaceship is like, (laughs) we're we're approaching the landing, Barbarella. (laughs) Um, Barbarella is is contacted by the president of Earth. Yes. Because Earth eventually becomes a democracy. Right. We're not the prime minister of Earth, or it's not like the king of Earth. It's the president of Earth. Exactly. This is some sort of the Earth is united, which happens a lot in the future. There's no more, you know... There's one person. There's no more countries and stuff. It's yeah. very, very, very John Lennon-esque. 60s. Oh. <laughs> yeah, very post-Vietnam. Well, this is during, but this is a very... Yeah, right at the beginning. This is a very uh, 60s yeah. Uh, notion. Yeah. Yes, very John Lennon-friendly. Yeah. Uh, and we we also learn that apparently war is not really a thing. No. Um, there are no weapons. He says he has no police. He has no army. Yeah. And he has nothing because they don't need it. Because everything... Ugh. They greet each other with just saying... Love. What a damn hippie movie. It it was there was a lot of 
yeah. hippie stuff going on. <laughs> and the president of Earth would uh, like Barbarella to intervene in the Indo-China War um, or the Indo-Franco War. Um, no, he wants her to go to the planet Tau Ceti to retrieve the scientist Durand Durand. Yes. Who's creating the first weapon. Yeah. <laughs> He's invented a weapon and it's bad news and they're like, why would he invent a weapon? Now, uh, we'd like to, to point out this is Durand Durand, not yes. Durand Durand. It seems to be pronounced that way in the movie, though. Yeah. I think like without the benefit of actually looking at the credits or subtitles or anything, yeah. is they yeah. would have seen it. The, the band, when they used the name, yeah. with, they didn't put the D sounds at the end. Well, uh, you know, anyone with linguistics will tell you anything with a hard D sound at the end of it tends to get dropped in casual conversation. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So she crash lands on this planet um, <clears throat> and is kidnapped by a bunch of children. Spooky twin children. Sh- spooky twin children. Speaking who, a s- spooky twin language. Who... <laughs> <laughs> who immediately strap her to a sled pulled by a stingray thing yeah, uh, and taken to another crash spaceship, which is Duran Duran's crash spaceship, yes, where they unleash an army of evil dolls on her. <laughs> evil bitey dolls. Evil as she's tied up to the pole in, in a standard... Um, uh, to like a like a it's a, it's a Tijuana Bible thing. It's like yeah, having oh, the, yeah. the buxom uh, uh, heroine right. tied up to the pole. And these things are biting her. It's one of the many things whose uh, way to attack her uh, inevitably involves removing parts of her clothes. Like, that's the only... They're either birds or they're uh, bitey yeah. dolls or something. So, the- by the way, we have to just say this movie. We were able to watch this movie because it's streaming on Netflix. Obviously, we go into spoiler territory with with all movies. This is a, an old movie, so that's probably not an issue. But if you haven't seen it and it is streaming, um, please watch this movie <laughs> because none of what we're saying is going to make sense, any sense whatsoever. It barely makes sense, and we just watched the movie, so. <laughs> You're not going to be able to follow along. Oh, man. But she saved at the last possible second by, uh, of course, the hairiest man oh, well, no. on Tau well, Ceti. Was that, is that Mark? What was his name? Oh, I don't remember. But yeah, he's the basically like the keep. He's the woodsman. He's yeah. the keeper well, he, of this weird he ice forest. He comes in with a full... Like fur coat on, right? Right. A full <laughs> right. Well, fur that's... coat on, <laughs> right. and he rescues her, and he has this weird like tent sled thing. Yeah, that's like inflated, uh-huh. and uh, she says, "Oh, I'll do anything to help you, uh, uh, to to reward you." And he's like, "We shall have sex, <laughs> right?" And, and she's, she's like, "We don't, don't do, that do that anymore. anymore," which is the first non sixties thing that we've had <laughs> happen in this yeah. movie. They're like. Sex has been replaced with pills. Well, and it's really, holding your hand up. I didn't really realize this until I, I saw this again because I, I probably haven't seen this since college. But it's like it's. I find it funny that Demolition Man took that whole exact same like plot, not plot thing, but just like character thing in Demolition Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. His name is Mark Hand. Okay, that's why I thought it was Mark Hand. Yeah. The, uh, the character, the, yeah. the actor is a man named Ugo Tognazzi. Tognazzi. <laughs> Tognazzi. Tognazzi. Yeah. Ugo yeah. Tognazzi. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh. He's in La Cage he... aux Follies, though. That's a good movie. <laughs> Who does That's he a play? Funny movie. I don't know. Oh, well. Uh, I prefer the remake, actually. Renato. Oh. Renato Baldi. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know that. I, I like. Bird... I don't know the characters. I, it's that's a good movie. I like the Birdcage better, but that's just me. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a funnier movie, I think. I mean, it introduced us all to Nathan Lane. 
Uh, so uh, he's able to convince her uh, through his mind games to actually have sex, and uh, it blows <laughs> her mind. Oh, yes. yes. She's like, ah, well, the old way. This is the best that's, part. Yeah, yeah, that's where you were going. He takes off the, the giant fur coat. To reveal another fur coat inside. Right. <laughs> the hairiest <laughs> man. My, my wife was like, did he actually take anything off or is <laughs> yeah. this just more coat? I mean, I was just like, I, I laughed out loud when I saw that. And I was like, that is unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was a very wild scene. And then as we were talking about right before we started recording, the, the problem is that this is, you know. An adult film. This is yeah. this. This has all of the. Oh, please! This is like the, PG territory nowadays. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, this is well. What I was going to say is, this is basically like watching an a like a like a sixties X rated movie. Yeah, but with all of the X rated stuff taken out. So all you're yeah. left with is kind of the like the contrived sort of campiness. Of, like, everyone she meets, there has to be some reason for them to have sex, only I, they don't on screen. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, I shouldn't say frustrating, because it's frustrating, but it's, like, not sexually frustrating. It's frustrating as a viewer, because you're just <laughs> right. like, come on! Right. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, so then uh, she gets back to her spaceship, and her spaceship goes to the center of the planet or some other thing like that she I, goes up and then she realizes that it's it it hasn't it was repaired incorrectly yes and so as she's is. gonna crash she activates like a drill <laughs> at the last second that allows instead of crashing to just drill into the center of the earth that somehow leads her to this Weird labyrinth thing where oh my naked God. people are this in is, the rocks. This is the the most mind-boggling part of this entire movie. Because yes. I had no idea what was going I on. I still don't understand the whole labyrinth concept. So she meets Marcel Marceau's character, the, the Dr. doctor. Ping. Dr. Ping. Um, and I was like, oh, Marcel Marceau. Nice. Okay. Yeah. He's in this movie. Um Oh, I didn't realize it was Marcel Marceau at first, and then I was like, who is that guy? And I looked, Notable I like, French mime. Yeah, notable French mime, Marcel Marceau. Um, staple of 60s television, 50s and 60s television. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they meet all sorts of these misfits on the outskirts of this giant city. Right. Uh, Including, of course, course, the famous Pygar. The half-naked, Pygar, blind. Flying through inner space. <laughs> He's an angel, but he's not an angel. He's Pygar. Um, John yeah. Philip Law. Kevin... He's also the lead in Danger Diabolic. Okay, I don't know that one. That's the movie that uh, they did on the last episode of Mystery Science oh, Theater. Okay. It's actually a really great, really silly movie. They also parodied it in the Backstreet Boys Body Moving video. <laughs> Where they're climbing up and they're he's trying to steal instead of whatever he's trying to steal in Danger Diabolic he's trying to steal like a chicken salad recipe to make reference to to, to kind of also parody uh, I think what's what what's 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 the movie the the Tiger Lily what's new Tiger Lily oh, what's, what's up, up Tiger, Tiger Lily, Lily? Yeah. okay where he re, re, redubs everything to oh, be okay. about an egg salad recipe 
they're kind of also playing off of that too. Okay, that this is this is so much more information. Many layers, layers. of meta. But yes. anyway, I texted you because it, he's also uh, in Space, Space Mutiny, <laughs> which we also know from Mystery Science Theater. Uh, he plays a uh, beef ham fist, doesn't he? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I was looking at the list of all of the names that they call him in that movie, <laughs> and I was like, this that is one of the most brilliant gags probably on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yes. He's in a lot, a lot of stuff, but that's yeah. the one that I will always remember. Well, he's remember. a blonde beefcake angel who Barbarella kind of falls for, and mm-hmm. then they have sex in his nest, which is probably <laughs> his not. Nest. It's probably not very sanitary. There's probably like mites in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's filthy. Yeah, but birds are just filthy creatures in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 I, I don't like birds. Mm. Yeah, they're 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 gross. Poop is gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Awful creatures. <laughs> Birds. Ugh. Um, yeah. So <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> so so that's how she uh Marcel Marceau basically uh convinces her to do this, not that it takes much arm twisting. Yeah. Um because she th- he he can't fly anymore. He oh, says he's lost the will to, to fly. fly. Yes, um, and he's like, "Oh, my neck hurts" or whatever. Yeah. And, and the doctor Ping is like, "Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's morale. Basically, <laughs> he needs to be, uh, you know, he needs to have a, a good time to feel better." And then, of course, immediately upon getting laid, he's soaring around blindly. Doesn't bring his vision back, unfortunately. No, he's still blind. He's yeah. flying around. He's like, I can fly again. Yeah. So Barbarella is able to convince him to fly her to uh, Sogo. Sogo. It's the city, the city of of night. Yeah. And that's the sort of the evil capital, you know, and the Hunger Games, basically. And then the movie literally turns into Sleeper for the next thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it yeah. that, like I? When did Sleeper come out? Was that... Uh, 73. 73, so... Ish, yeah. There's a lot. Like, I think that Woody Allen just stole some of the sets from this movie. Possibly, yeah. Um, and Very a lot- retro future. Yeah. Pretty much playing off, like, everything that you imagine. Like, every 60s and 70s sci-fi movie. It's all there. It's all blinking lights. Yeah. Everything is shiny. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, there's... There's, Lava lamps everywhere. Yeah, there's the Sogo is ruled by the great tyrant. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple different plot lines going on here. One is, is that there's the evil black queen who's uh, yes. going after her. There's the 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 rebellion or the the mm-hmm. what, do, what do they call them? The uh, there's the resistance. The resistance. Yeah, yeah very French. That, the, la resistance. Exactly. And they yeah. they want to overthrow her. Yeah. And and the the resistance is like he she meets up with the one guy who wants to have sex with the pill. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she's like, no, I like the other way. And he's like, no, 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 no. No, I got the pill, and I really want to try this. Yeah. This has been great. This is going to be great. And that's a weird scene. But yes, she's captured uh, for the first of like 62 times <laughs> in this movie. Um, and she's her punishment is she's thrown into a, 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 a basically a cage full of parakeets. Oh, God. God, the parakeet. The bird seed. so yeah. bewildering. It, it, like, I... I'm literally like fading in and out at this point because I'm like oh, this yeah. keeps going and going. the 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 one scene I remember is the the the, the organ of 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 pleasure. Yes, the sex piano. The sure, sex piano. that's what I called it. <laughs> 
I think I think the sexual organ would make more sense because it's a true. better double entendre. That is true. Yeah, but I, I I I oh, it's called the excessive machine. Uh, called the Orgasmatron in the French version. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I will say that there is, like, a lot of the supporting cast does have some funny sort of comic timing. Like, when she meets oh, that that uh, resistance guy who wants oh, yeah, to have that, the, that the pill sex. That seems actually pretty funny. Right, because he keeps trying to send out, like, he's the leader of this resistance, mm-hmm. and he keeps trying to, like, send people off, but, like, all of his stuff is broken. <laughs> so he can't get any of, like, the secret entrances to work. So he's like, just, just use the door. Just, just go. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very funny. And then that scene was kind of silly. And then the guy walks in in the middle of it, and he keeps trying to, like, <laughs> we need more fighters. Yeah. We need, they're trying to get him out. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a very a, French comedy. It's very French Very bumbling. Comedy. Yeah. And she falls down a lot, which is also very French. <laughs> which is very French. There were, they did, there's a lot of physical comedy. Uh, they the, love Jerry Lewis the, the, for this Jerry reason. Jerry Lewis, he falls oh, over. Right. He's funny. Why was he not in this movie? Well, he was busy. He was kind of a, in I mean, top six, form. In 16 years later, he'd yeah, have been in this movie. Yeah, 78. Yeah. He'd have been the president of Earth or something. Or Barbarella. The I like... You gotta go find the Duran Duran. Oh, you have no clothes on. <laughs> Cover your shame. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she's captured by the concierge who puts her in the uh, the, was, the, the sex ex- piano, the sex piano, the excessive mm-hmm. machine, which uh, she short circuits because because she can she's handle so it. Yeah. sexy. How that guy I was guess. not played by Paul Williams, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking. I kept on thinking of Paul Williams in like the Phantom of the, the of Phantom of the Paradise. Paradise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like that's who that guy should be. Yeah. Oh God. And it was like it was it was very very <laughs> dumb scene. Um, and yes. then finally she meets up with Duran Duran, who turns out to be like, well, it's it's it was him. Yeah, yeah she Duran finds Duran, out. Yeah, yeah. I think she probably out. in that. Yeah. I think she finds out in that yeah. scene because the she has this locator. That's supposed to go off when he's nearby, and it turns out it's been going off, and she's like, oh, it's you. Yeah. Um, and then she he's able to to trap her in, like, this weird, like, fish tank room. It was the, yeah, so the tyrant who turns out to be this woman, she finds this out earlier, but it was this oh, woman who had, had saved her. From yeah, getting the, the attacked. Patch woman. That's, right. that's the Black Queen. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that turns out to be her. She realizes this, but she's evil. Yeah. And she sleeps in this, like, room of dreams or oh, something, that's... chamber of dreams, something to that effect. And it's invisible. Secret. Yeah. So she gets an invisible key so that she can get in there. But then he traps her in there. So they're both trapped in there. Oh, God. And he's going to use this doomsday device, this weapon that he invented that the only teleports weapon, people yeah. to the fourth dimension, whatever that means. I'm glad you you paid infinitely more attention. I just to this. watched it last night. It's a little fresh, and I guess I was a little more awake. But yeah, uh, yeah so that's what happens, and she has no choice but to. So I will say uh, too earlier than that because I have to give credit to my all-time favorite line in this or possibly any movie I've ever seen. What's that? Which is uh, when Pygar gets captured by the two of them and they have him like yeah. Yeah. hung up on this thing and she uses her gun and she goes oh you know what I didn't even write it down but I think I remember the line which was decrucify the angel or I'll melt your face. (laughs) 
and I was like, I want that on a T-shirt because that is the greatest line of dialogue I've ever seen. That's that's or heard. Pretty amazing dialogue right there. I also uh, my second favorite line of dialogue in this movie is from the beginning when she refers to um, the earlier. You know, the ancient uh, warlike times as a primitive state of neurotic responsibility, that which is the new, uh, I believe is the name of the new Woody Allen movie. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's Wilco's <laughs> new album. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, so... So she unleashes, I'll, I'll, we'll wrap it up because I'll say, I remember the ending, the, the only, they're able to defeat him. Well, because he's about to Durand crown Durand. himself. Yeah, yeah. He's crowning himself the emperor because they think he killed her. He's fighting. Then the resistance attacks. Yeah. So he's like, I got this to deal with. So he's zapping him with his death ray. Yeah. And she says she's going to unleash the Mathbos. Yeah. Which is this liquid that lives that's underneath under, the city. So, yeah. But it's basically like a close up of a lava lamp. Yes. And that's bubbling. And that's it. It's an evil lava lamp that happens. Um, and then that somehow they win. And then Pygar saves them and flies them away yes. into space. <laughs> well, and unclear then, at the well, end. Well, and then it's like, then Barbarella's like, or or the queen is like, how can you save me after all I do? And it's like right. angels have no memory. Angels have no memory. And it's like the end. I'm like, and then they sing a song <laughs> about angels being love. Oh my god, an angel is love, Barbarella. Oh god, wow. That's about our wrap-up. That was the quickest <laughs> wrap-up we ever did. Well, um, so, complicated movie. It's a, so, uh, production notes. This is a Dino De Laurentiis film, of course. Of course it is. This movie could not be done by anyone else. No. Um, they originally, uh, the two original ones that they wanted were Sophia Loren and Bridget Bardot. Sure. So not Adrian Barbo. Bridget Bardot. Oh. That's what I was hmm. saying. Yeah. No, but I mean, I distinctly, I have no idea who he's thinking of. Or or what movie he's thinking of? Yes. Um, oh well. Yes, and so they they got um, the director uh, Vadim Vadim, who I think was married to Jane Fonda at the time. Hmm. Might uh, have been. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, Fonda initially declined. Oh but, yes, but, he was. Yes, and uh, got her to come on. And they originally wanted uh, Henry Fonda to. He play. was also married uh, to Brigitte Bardot in the fifties. Ooh. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, they wanted Henry Fonda to play the president of Earth. Ah. <laughs> oh, Henry Fonda. He hadn't quite taken the 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 long downhill slide that Henry Fonda <laughs> did yet. So <laughs> right. Yeah, still a little bit on his on his game. Yeah. Um Vadim was a, a fan of American comic strips such as Popeye and Peanuts, and he liked the wild humor. Hmm. Um they said this whole thing was was supposed to be campy. 
Um, oh, yeah. And I could see that. I mean, like, yeah. Campus... It didn't do well when it came out. No. But um, it was re-released in 77, probably released on home video or something, and that was when it kind of took off. Well, and in 77, by that point, it, was, it was like a, it was probably like midnight releases. And like, yeah. The show, and the movie did really well overseas in Europe and the UK, but those film markets weren't like huge then. Mm-hmm. It was like in America where it came out, it just tanked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it had a cult status. I mean, we don't, as a... As Amer- Americans don't do camp anymore. Like, we don't, like, campy is something that's very foreign to us. And it's kind of very odd to see something that is campy. Like, I, I think of Scream Queens. Scream Queens is camp. Right. Um, and I, I just, I don't think a lot of people get camp anymore. Yeah, it really depends. It, it, it is very niche. And a lot of, like, yeah, you're either, you either get really into it and there's a lot of, you tend to it tends to be people who are who like a lot of that different sort of weird counterculture yeah i mean like the biggest example of great camp is rocky horror picture show mm-hmm. yeah yeah rocky horror or hairspray or yeah. all things uh james uh, or uh, john waters john waters james waters i don't even think that's a person well, i mean like you, you got to think of of well hairspray it was a movie that became a musical that became a musical movie and is now going to be a musical on tv so <laughs> right well that's true <laughs> Can't get much more camp than that. Yeah. Um, but you have to be into it. You have to be able to kind of appreciate those things on their own terms and yeah. get into that. Um, or like whatever happened to Baby Jane or oh, even Mommy yeah. Dearest. Yeah. Where you're like. Mommy Dearest is the. Right. Yeah. Where you're like, you're just in it for that. And yeah. that's what you love about it. Where a lot of people are going to be like, this is stupid or this is unwatchable. And none of this makes any sense. I'm not a big camp guy. I think I might be a little bit more than you. I can kind of appreciate it, but it's not my favorite thing. It doesn't uh, resonate with me all that much. I don't like camp for the sake of camp. Um, like it's movies that intend to be campy, I don't like as much as I like movies that are unintentionally campy. Yeah, that's what I like more. Like I watch like, like I, I was just talking with um with Steve from Game Classy and. Like there's the movies like the action adventure fantasy sci fi movies of the late seventies early eighties I absolutely adore mm-hmm. because they're campy with without the intention of being campy like Crawl or The Last Starfighter or Beastmaster like those movies right. I absolutely love or a great example is Masters of the Universe ah. which actually takes a lot from Barbarella surprisingly. But, like, just to see Frank Langella overacting as Skeletor, yeah. that's what I love. Right. And, like, I could f- appreciate that. But if a movie intentionally tries to be campy, it's not... That's why I'm not a huge John Waters fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. He's... He, I don't know that there are any casual John Waters fans. No, you, you, like, you, you gotta, have to be all in for him. Yeah. I mean, like, I tried watching Crybaby as early as probably, I don't know... 1992 and i was just like i i'm no <laughs> this is not this speaking is not my language <laughs> no 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 um the other thing is is that this movie has been tried to be a have a sequel that i think it was supposed to go into a like really yeah. early never went through probably because the movie did poorly right um and that's pretty early for a sequel I mean, the yeah, early... Yeah, well, if they were doing, like, if they were trying to do, like, serialized, where it was just going to be... It wasn't going to be, like, Barbarella 2. It was just going to be, yeah, like, get... the further adventures of, of Barbarella. Barbarella. Like, yeah, I, could... get... I guess you could say, like, the Bond films were before that. Yeah, something that, like so, that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, in terms of, like, the idea of the sequel, which didn't really happen till late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you and then it's been tried to be remade numerous times uh with I know Drew Barrymore tried to have it made with her as Barbarella. Yeah. And Robert Rodriguez tried to get this made. Mm-hmm. However, Robert Rodriguez kind of suffers from Tarantino disease where like every like he wants to do like all of these projects and yeah. like he announces them he's like I'm going to do Barbarella and it's going to star Rose McGowan as Barbarella because he puts he wanted to put Rose McGowan as everything. Right. And like he'll come up with all this press and everything trying to drum up interest with it and then it'll just go away. Yeah. He won't get it. He tried doing it with Red Sonia <laughs> as well with Rose ah. McGowan. Which is another great movie that I would love to do someday. Well, and the last <laughs> word is uh, Amazon is supposedly um, doing a series created uh, or helmed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Who's that? The director of Drive. Oh, uh, Drive and Only God Forgives and the ne- um, the Neon Demon. So basically, it's gonna be Barbarella not saying anything throughout the entire movie while Tangerine Dream plays in the background and weird things happen to her. Yeah, well, what's, what's what's the band who does all the music? For, he does all his music with. Well, it's he doesn't do all music with well, various like Kavinsky. Kavinsky, did that's, Drive. that's he what didn't do yeah. any of his other okay. movies though. He just going to be that. Kavinsky music in the background and. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be. <laughs> I hated Drive. I'm sorry, I know. guys. I, I know. There, uh, Kevin and I will disagree on this, and I appreciate Kevin's opinions on it. Mm-hmm. But Drive is just I, I think it Drive is the Boondock Saints of. Of the 2010s. Mm. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that's going to be consistently overrated by people who were in college at the time that the movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't I, in college when it came out. I know, I, I know. I, and I liked The Neon Demon as well. That's on I haven't seen Neon Prime Demon, right so, now. That's yeah. streaming on there. It is deranged. Yeah. Um, it is a very, very bizarre movie with um, blatant... Uh, cannibalism and necrophilia. So Ooh. take that for what it is. Sounds more interesting than Barbarella. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my sort of my concern about that possibility is that this will just be he'll take it and he'll just make it dark. Yeah, and I don't know that that's going to. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess you can. It's not like I'm like you need to be faithful to the source material here, but because who cares? But <laughs> at the same time, like. One of the things that I really liked about this movie is how, like, amiable and how game for this Jane, F- Jane Fonda was. She really was. She like, was she like, was a- hello. Like, <laughs> she was just absolutely delighted to be ro- rolling around being I'm, silly in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. She didn't wink once. No. I mean, she was just like, this is, this is a movie. We are doing this movie. Let's have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, on the the thing about the Amazon with going dark, it's uh, you know, sci-fi tried to do that with Flash Gordon, um, uh, not too long ago, but like late two thousands, they did a, yeah. a Flash Gordon remake, and they tried to go a little bit Battlestar Galactica with it. Yeah. Now Battlestar Galactica worked. I don't know how it, it worked. was really well written, and it tapped into a lot of. Um, Cultural zeitgeist and, uh, at the time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fears, a lot of political stuff. It, it, it was well timed. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. If that movie, if that and show man, that, was that, even five years earlier, I think it would have tanked. And that that open that pilot was unbelievable. One yeah. of the better pilots I've seen next mm-hmm. to like Lost's pilot. Sure. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, they tried to do that with Flash Gordon, and it's like you can't do that with Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, that's camp for the sake of camp as well. It needs to be well, maybe not. I think it needs much. to be fun. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think it needs because otherwise what you don't want is so like like I would not call this movie like very feminist, but it's more feminist than I expected it to be, given the description and sort of well, my memory of it from I mean, seeing it like parts of it a long time ago. As a middle-aged white guy talking in the year 2016. Well, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, obviously, uh, take the two yeah. of us with a grain of uh, I mean, a it, big heap of salt. But I mean, this is 1968. It's a little bit before uh, <laughs> a lot of the feminist revolution, uh, like the... The Feminine Mystique and stuff. I mm-hmm. think Feminine Mystique came out, what, early 70s at the time? But this is like proto-feminist, where you have right. a, a female she, lead who's able to make sexual decisions on her right. own. Right, she owns it. Yeah. And while it's also like, okay, but her sexual awakening, of course, is, you know... Yeah. She's sort of... She's not exactly, you know, pushed into it, but, you know, because she, again, uh, you know, I said before, it was not a lot of arm twisting, but, you know, she's like, okay. Like, she does... and Well, let's be fair. The guy was Italian. He was was very hairy. (laughs) He was remarkably hairy, and she was like, all right, but it's not going to do any good, Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, So I do like that, and there's no... You know, she owns everything through this whole movie, and she's very just open, and there's no... And even when (laughs) Duran Duran is standing there going like, you know, have you no shame? She's like, what? She doesn't even respond to that, because she's like... I don't know the language that yeah. you're even speaking right now. I was going to say, uh, Mark Hand is the, the 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 biggest, hairiest Italian guy I've seen since, like, Zampano and, and uh, wow. uh, yeah. La Strada. Not La Strada. Um, oh, what the hell is that movie with the circus? Uh, well, that is La Strada. La Strada. Okay, I was right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But actually, that guy was Greek, so never mind. Um, it's okay. He's hairy, and that's the yes, important that's thing. that's the important thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's got this weird... Th- I, I, I'll agree with you. I do like the sets. It's very, very a precursor to a lot of what the stuff you saw in the in the 70s and early 80s, which I was talking about, like, uh, with the Beastmaster or, or Krull or Flash Gordon or, mm-hmm. you know, like, a lot of that post-Star Wars... Uh, sci-fi fantasy renaissance you got a lot of early forms of that like these gigantic matte paintings um crazy cast everything i shouldn't say crazy customs because everything looks like it was just like the warner brothers uh costume department was raided like they just yeah. went and took all of the toga costumes from uh, uh history of the world part one and threw them on the cast <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it it's it's so it's hard because a lot you have to like really remember that science fiction didn't really exist from for a lot of the 1950s and 1960s and if it did it was like well it was like yeah it was a cold war era stuff about you know aliens or giant monsters giant radioactive monsters yeah yeah, this idea of this high sci-fi i guess you would because in and and genre literature there's high fantasy right? right High fantasy and low fantasy. High fantasy is Tolkien-esque, you know, elves and dwarves and mm-hmm. like this this grand quest. And there's no real such thing as like high sci-fi. Well, like well, what they call like hard sci-fi, but that just usually means that it's trying to be very, very realistic, realistic, very grounded yeah. in actual science. And this is more almost space opera, but like kinda, I, I, yeah. yeah. But it's like space operas generally with more spaceships and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, I'm not. To, it's it's high sci-fi in the fact of that yeah. it's it's sci-fi you should watch while high. Um, 
it, but it, it's it's like we're gonna hand wave all of the science of the science fiction and just kind of like go with it that there's lasers and right there's, there's one moment planets. of just them being like there's a lot of oxygen in the air and she's like oh good i'll be able to breathe, breathe. and yeah. then they're like good we don't have to yeah. put a helmet on her head <laughs> she, yeah. we don't have to do anything she's it's like, like oh good she takes off the helmet and lights a cigarette <laughs> you know <laughs> right 1960s um but yeah it's like there's there's stuff to appreciate about it but it's like coming from the 2016 it's so hard because like we've gotten past a lot of these tropes and like these tropes don't resonate with us anymore as a culture. The damsel in distress does not resonate anymore. It really hasn't resonated probably since, God, I would say the yeah. 1990s. Well, I don't know. I mean, she, yeah, she certainly gets kidnapped a lot, and she finds herself in a lot of these situations. But she also saves Pygar, like, twice at yeah. least. Well, Pygar's um, kind of useless. He's vi- well, he's blind. Yes, and he, he, yeah. So that's, but yes, he stands there just like, as everyone's about to murder him, there's like 30 people about to kill him, and he's just like standing there trying to touch faces. It's like, is this really the time to be like, where's your nose? Like, I think he needs to maybe get out of there. <laughs> Pygar, more like Bygar. <laughs> Flies away. <laughs> I, I actually I kind of like the scene where he, she was flying with him and she's got the gun and shooting the spaceships. Yeah, and, yeah that was right. That was fun. There were good moments here. Yeah. I, there, there were. I mean, like, I liked looking at this movie. Yes. I didn't necessarily know what was going on at any given time. Well, the great thing about watching the movie is that you could watch a specific scene, get up, make a sandwich, sit down, and the same <laughs> scene will still be on, and you could catch the rest of it. Right. How's uh, she gonna get out of, out of this one? I'll be back in ten minutes. <laughs> Well, and it's like I, I was I was constantly thinking of the movies that reference this movie mm. and enjoying like thinking about like, oh man, I like that movie better. <laughs> right. You know that's hard. You know, like like especially the scenes with Pygar where he's flying, I'm thinking of Flash Gordon with uh the Hawkman mm-hmm. and, and with Brian Blessed, you know, like, right. ah! you know, right. like a, he's like, Do you wanna live forever? And he's like, ah I'm like, Oh, that's more fun than this movie. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the thing I I probably enjoyed most about it was was Jane Fonda. Oh like, yeah, like, she's far and away the best part of this movie. I'm not. My knowledge of Jane Fonda basically is is like Barbarella, and <laughs> and Vietnam protests. <laughs> Pro- no, I was gonna say movie wise, and is like on Golden Pond. You know, it's right. like those are the two Jane Fonda roles I can think of off the top of my head. And nine to five. Oh, nine to five. <laughs> That's oh, a great movie. Dabney Coleman vehicle nine to five. <laughs> So we all fell in love with Dolly Parton, then fell out of love with her in Rhinestone. Ah, <laughs> curses. Well, she tried to make Sylvester Stallone a country singer. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you guys have ever seen Rhinestone, don't. The movie is it's called Rhinestone or Rhinestone Cowboy? No, it's Rhinestone. Rhinestone. Okay. I, Rhinestone Cowboy I think I'm the thinking song. of Urban Cowboy. Well, yes, that's the, the song by the great... Glenn Campbell. Yeah, Glenn Campbell. Okay. Who, as you know, I have a, a weird obsession with sure, Glenn, Campbell. Glenn Campbell. Yeah, no, that was just Rhinestone. Yeah, Urban okay. Cowboy. I know, I've seen it. Well, there's it. Drugstore Cowboy, which was... A, yes. Urban uh, Cowboy is the one with uh, Travolta. Yes! Right? Yeah, you're right. With the, with which the, is very similar yes. to that movie, where With he's trying to be a country guy trying singer. to be country, yeah. 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 And it's also really campy. Yeah. it's that, Maybe not Barbarella campy, but I remember no, it being yeah. pretty, pretty yeah. silly. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of terrible movies about like city slickers <laughs> trying to be trying to be a country, country. yeah 
Uh, that's, that's so what of, you need are movies where the country guy tries to be a, a city, city slicker, slicker. Oh. like Midnight Cowboy. Oh, yeah. That's the opposite movie, and that's a great movie. That's true. That is a great movie. Everybody's talking at me. It's not really that great of a movie. It's a good movie. It's not great. Yeah. It's it's gritty, and it's it's got great performances in it, but it's not that great and of a weird movie. weird Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Weird performance. He's as like Rat Rats- Boy or whatever. R- R- no, it's Rizzo Ratso. Oh, right. Okay. Because in the Muppets, like there's, call him Rat Boy. In the Muppets, there's Ratso Rizzo, right. which was a playoff of that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the way my father explained it to me when yeah, I was- I know he's Rizzo. Yeah. Rizzo the Rat. Yeah. Maybe that's how he started. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, like so the Hoffman is Ratso Rizzo. Yes. Okay. So it's Rizzo Ratso Ratso Rizzo. Okay. That's the way. I, I knew it was one or the other. <laughs> Muppet track. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> exactly. That. Yeah. The the classic. That's a very good John movie. Voight and all that. X, also X-rated. In a it weird it way. was X-rated. Yeah. And and for Back no reason whatsoever. Very bizarre reasons. Uh, it's like like, like Gremlins would be PG, but <laughs> in that right. Cowboy is X-rated. <laughs> the rating system makes absolutely, absolutely no, no sense. sense, and we know this. Um. I don't know where else to, to go with our discussion. It's a tough it's, one to talk about because you're kind of on board for this movie or you're not. And yeah. I, I'm I'm willing to accept this movie in spite of itself because I think it's really well made. It's just, it's, I think what you were saying, I think, makes sense where it just, it's, we don't make these movies anymore. Yeah. We don't There's do ten- this. We didn't grow up with movies like this being in theaters like you could catch a movie like this on tv yeah. but i think i think gradually what camp evolved into was satire which i think sits better with american audiences mm. uh, well i should yeah. say just american audiences but you know at least the type of movies that i watch and i think americans watch now i think we can appreciate satire better than camp but there are people who love camp yes um campy movies are still made they're terrible movies <laughs> that are just end up being camp like Jupiter Ascending, but yeah. <laughs> you know well, that movie wasn't funny and it wasn't silly enough to be campy. I don't know Eddie Redmayne was pretty campy in that. He's movie. yeah, he's the best part of that movie. Yeah, I think it needed a little bit more. Time will tell if that one's a, a weird you know midnight feature or something or the whatever today's equivalent of that is yeah i mean there's there's not that's i guess that would be a, like the midnight feature like there's not many movies that come out that you're like oh i want to go see like this midnight show of this movie like they're really well, we don't do that anymore and i i'm not gonna go see a midnight show well, anything because I mean, I'm, I'm 34 but, but i'm just saying like there hasn't been a movie released in years yeah that would be worthy of like a midnight release yeah we don't do this i mean horror you'll still do that and so this year a movie that drew on that a lot although i don't think is one of those movies is green room yeah which is a great movie i really liked um i haven't seen it yet but it's, it's, i just want to see patrick stewart as a, as a neo-nazi yeah it's it's a little bit weird but it's it draws a lot from that and it has a lot of elements of those where like at some point, for no reason, someone's, like, got a chainsaw or something, and you're, like, it's just, like, it's that where it's just, like, there will be, like, gore, 
because it's it's doing yeah. that midnight like the gory sort of horror but not quite horror movies but like you can imagine if that movie was made 30 years before or 40 years before they would be like cannibals or something and you'd oh, yeah. be like oh my god and they've got to fight their way out of well, the can you know with the cannibals yeah, coming Yeah and there's after like them. a like I th- I think like um Slither is another good kind of like ideal like yeah but that's the problem is like they'll make those movies now and you're like oh they're doing those old movies Movies, yeah and so it doesn't it has an extra level of like oh it's it's a parody of that or if it's a reference there's like a level of audience participation you want in camp as well snakes on a plane yeah Uh, that movie was terrible well yeah well sure but i mean it wasn't even like fun terrible it was just terrible yes um, like, but that's what they were going for. I, I was kind of thinking, like, what would a movie that like my wife and her friends would go see a midnight like showing of, like, and like participate and like, or like I should say, my wife's you know single lonely friends go see. Uh, <laughs> ah. I could I could see her making the face without me even seeing her making the face. Um, <laughs> like I was thinking, like Mama Mia would be like a movie that they would like go yeah. dress up to and go see Mama Mia or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I could see that. No, no. <laughs> My wife says no. <laughs> what movie do people would... not like Abba as much as I think they do? There is no movie. There is There's no... thirty-four five years old. Nobody's going to see a midnight and dress up. For well, that's what I said. That's yeah. I'm just I mean, too I'm, old to do it. In, in I was general. just like like. You need to talk to some twenty-year-olds. Yeah, I guess. But I don't want to. I don't want to do that. No. That sounds awful. Oh, millennials. They don't know anything. No, they're dumb. Just dumbs. lazy. <laughs> Bunch of dumb twenty-year-olds. No, thank you. Going to see midnight movies when they should be in bed, invest, get up for work the next day so that they can invest in their four hundred one k. We got we got tickets to go see Rogue One, uh, and, and we're like already. Yeah, they, they just went out today, oh, and uh, <laughs> the common consensus amongst everyone was, you know, only get it if it's like a seven to eight o'clock show. If it's any later than that, we'll just go see it the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh my God! Exactly. All right. I think I think we've we've expended enough on this. Alright, so we're gonna do a recasting of Barbarella in the modern day. Yeah. Let's let's pretend that we do make them like this anymore. And, this, uh, and, and let's go ahead and, and well, see actually, who we who in my, we've got here. In my thinking of this, I actually came up with some some interesting thoughts about this type of movie and I'll go into it afterwards. But who was your uh wait, hold on, let me bring up the list of characters. Uh, did you put a director? I did put a director, and it was actually uh, well. Who, who who's your director? Well, my director is uh, I wanted a woman, and that oh, was really? obviously difficult because yeah, because I think you know I, I I do think like I tried to think okay if we're making this today 
obviously it would be a very different movie. And like, you know, if Nicholas Winding Refn is going to do a series, you know, he's going to kind of make it work today. But I'm like, well, let's try to keep as much of the DNA, like the silliness as possible. But I also, I still wanted a woman in charge, let's say, just to really give uh, an extra layer of sort of authenticity to uh, Barbarella's kind of you know, leadership, I guess, and, okay. and autonomy. And anyway, that was obviously difficult because <laughs> there were not a lot of women directors who were given no. the opportunity to direct movies like this. So I actually came up with some, someone who did a movie last year that I really liked. Uh, her name is Marielle Heller. Um, this is my opportunity to plug, I believe it's streaming on Netflix. It's called Diary of a Teenage Girl. Joe, you may or may not like it. I believe it has Kristen Wiig in it. Um, it's very good. I enjoyed the heck out of it. She's going to do a, she's got a movie coming out uh, next year. Uh, or soon, maybe 2018, called Colma, which is uh, a J.J. Abrams thriller. Daisy Ridley's going to star. So she's getting the opportunity to to do movies like this. I don't know that it's a sci-fi movie, but, you know, she'll do action. I mean, there's a few directors who are good for it, but um, she's one that I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see her taking okay. the charge on that. Um, I actually went with a guy that we referenced several times in this podcast, and that's John Waters. Cause, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was thinking, like, this is um, – the the approach to sexuality in this movie is something that's really, really outdated. Sure. And I was thinking if anybody – like, like John Waters has always been ahead on sexuality, but he's also, like – a little behind on sexuality. He'll We're, be willing to embrace yeah, the absurdity that, of this. That's that, that's exactly it. I mean, like, when you think about it, John Waters pushed a lot of boundaries when it came to sexuality. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, the boundaries that he pushes on sexuality that he still does in a lot of his movies are kind of those boundaries we had in the 70s and 80s. I mean, those boundaries yeah. still exist for many, many, many people. Right. But they're a little bit, you know, behind the times. So I think that there's a little bit of retrofuturism that he could bring to sexuality with it. All right. Um, who is your Barbarella? My Barbarella, I had a couple of options, and I won't say them until the end in case one of them's yours, but uh, I wanted someone who was recognized as a good actress, but not so good that like a movie like this would be beneath her. Um, and I had a hard time with movies, so I went to TV, and I got... The mother of dragons herself, Ooh. Amelia Clark. Ooh, Khaleesi. Yes. Okay, I can see it. She has she has problems doing nudity nowadays, but yeah, she didn't <laughs> uh, in season one. <laughs> so I think, given a justifiable script, she might be game. She might be game. Um, I also had problem getting to movies. Uh, Amelia Clark also in Terminator. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she Terminator. does a lot yeah. of movies. Yeah, yeah nowadays, just not yeah. good ones that I've seen. She's going to be in the new Han Solo movie. <laughs> she is going to be in the new Han Solo movie. I hope she plays Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> to Chewbacca's love interest. Yes. <laughs> Young Chewbacca. Young Chewbacca. Um, she'll like when, because he's so hairy. Yeah, she'll like that. Um, I, I got a little... Uh, I also had problems picking from movies. I was thinking, and I was, I got, I had some, I, but I didn't want to go movies or TV. I thought the place to go for like the level of camp that I'm looking for in this movie, I went with Katy Perry. Wow. Yes. Huh. Musical icon Katy Perry. Um, I think that she draws a lot of inspiration, at least maybe her, the, her handlers draw the inspiration <laughs> for a lot of her music videos and a lot of her costuming from Barbarella. Hmm. Like, I think that she would appreciate kind of the, 
like the, the cupcakes with sparklers. Yes, exactly. Boobs. Like, like that's <laughs> she, the outfit she wears is something that Barbarella would wear a lot of the times. Like this crazy. She inexplicably keeps getting new outfits. Yes, exactly. Which we didn't mention, but is worth mentioning. Yeah. Um. So yes, I went with Katy Perry, who's like. If she, if I had to pick like her acting career, I think she had like some guest spots on Raising Hope. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, acting ability is not going to be a, a a prerequisite necessarily for yeah. this movie. Yes. Do you have a? Uh, let's go right with the villain Duran Duran. Uh, my Duran Duran. I did go a little serious, although I think listening to him talk, um, I just I I just think it would be funny. This one kind of came to me this morning. Uh, I went with. Uh, General Zod himself, Michael Shannon. <laughs> oh my God, Jim, Michael shit! Did you listen to his thing on? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. That he's guy, a, he's a little bit out there. He but takes himself so seriously. So many actors do. He rides the fence. There are some that he's talked to. Some actors who do, are just so, like you can't talk to them. Like they're yeah. so on th- on the craft. Like when I was listening to the West Wing podcast. Um, they had uh, Richard Schiff, who played Toby Ziegler on the show, if you're familiar with yeah. it. And I couldn't get through his episode because he was just, he just talked about the way the character breathes. And you're like, oh my God, I don't, I'm not yeah. an actor. I don't have I this language. My, you're insane. Michael Shannon's intensity, I think, is what comes across more than maybe like his dedication to yes. the craft. And that's what I think would be kind of funny. But he also yeah. played Elvis in the Elvis Nixon it's, thing on play, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like he's got a goofiness that I could I can buy. Yeah. I, I went with um I, I, this is kind of a cheat because this is a dead actor. Uh, an actor who passed away recently. I went with it's Philip Seymour Hoffman oh. as my Duran Duran. He would be great yes. if this came out in 2008. Barbara, we're going to put you in the old Gasmatron. <laughs> I'm going to play this piano. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> that would be, I, it would be great. Yeah. If he was alive, that would be great. Um, I, it turns out he shot this movie. No one knew about it. But all of his scenes were filmed. He's like, he's so dressed, coming out anyway. He's dressed like a character from Gotcha Man for some odd reason. Um, all right, so uh, what about your Pygar? Well, the after reading about Nicholas Winding Refn doing uh, the series, Sorry, possibly, oh, I thought, well, he kind of just has to stand there and look good, right? <laughs> so... It's Ryan Gosling. You went with Ryan Gosling? Yeah. yeah. I mean... I'm just an angel. Shirtless with wings. Yeah. Angels are love. <laughs> and then he says nothing else for an hour and a half, and then he flies away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, th- that's great, because I, I went with uh, the, the beefcake myself. I went with Channing Tatum. Yeah, there you um, go. Uh, I, I think yours is a little bit better, because I the thing with Channing Tatum is Channing Tatum is like... A very, very good comic actor. I think he's a highly underrated comic actor. If you wanted to go, I think you should go the direction of a Channing Tatum if you were to remake this movie today, because it would be a lot more fun. Yeah. But if you wanted to stay true to the original, original yeah. you might go, you might be better off with a Gosling. Yeah, I. it's like Ryan, Go- Ryan Gosling, not a great comedic actor. He, he's got his, he's, he can hit he his beats. His yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, like, that's why I think it's like, He'd probably be better for Pygar because Pygar is just like a blank slate character. Yes, uh, but I uh, Channing Tatum. I mean, that man sure. is you know wonderful. I mean, he's the next best beefcake next to be Ben Affleck. So, 
Um, I love your Affleck. I do love my Affleck. Uh, okay, so who else do you have? Uh, I have the Great Tyrant. Oh, of course, who, the Black Queen. Who is your Black Queen? Or whatever it is, the Evil Queen, whatever. Uh, well, since I was already playing in the Game of Thrones sandbox, I got Melisandre herself. Carice Van Houten. Oh, really? I mm-hmm. did. I did not have a uh, a great tyrant. So let let me think. Who uh, else did you get? Did you get? Uh, oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me, you let me come uh, up with one. Yeah, let me say that I will put Miley Cyrus as my <laughs> as my great tyrant. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, Why not? No, I really don't have uh, anyone else. But. Well, I did. There's only two more really major credited characters in this movie with actual scenes. Oh wait, um, no, I had a Mark Hand. So. Oh, I didn't do him. I didn't have him. Who's yours? Ron Swanson. Ron Sw- <laughs> Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Because he's the only guy I know that could pull off the shirt and be just as hairy underneath <laughs> with, like, the mustache. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's just 60s, 70s enough to pull off that part. Well, I picked uh, a Professor Ping okay. only because uh, I thought of Tom Noonan, and I just wanted to see him do that. Really? Just... just, just Talk like this, okay. and just be really, really weird. Um, and then the president of Earth, um, my president of anything, all the time, forever, is and always will be Martin Sheen. <laughs> Martin Sheen is the president. Of Barbarella, Earth. we need you to go. <laughs> Charlie Sheen could have been in this movie. Char- too. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen would be good in this. He'd probably be a good uh, um, uh, Duran Duran. So um, just some updated comic book news. Uh, big, the big thing is is that this week is the gigantic CW crossover. I am so excited about this. You have no idea. You are. It's going very to be excited. so terrible, but so wonderful at the same time. Um, you know, Monday it's going to be Supergirl. Tuesday it's Flash. Wednesday is Arrow. Thursday is Legends of Tomorrow. You guys are so adorable watching shows the day they actually come out. I know, I know, but I, I talk I about retro futurism here. <laughs> I can't help it. You're like, I know what day of the week shows air. I know, I know. I have no idea. I know. I was, I was trying to explain to Kevin's wife how much I love Melissa Benoist, and, and she was just like, "Of course you do." <laughs> like, I can't yeah. help it. She's adorable. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, that's that's the. The, the big thing I, I'm super excited about. The other thing I, I was reading about is that apparently 
Fox is looking to once again reboot its X-Men franchise after Logan. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, um, that, that, was, that was the, uh, the, the what I heard. Uh, so who knows what's going on there. Um, the, the X-Men franchise is actually the second most profitable franchise for Fox currently. Yeah. And that's not saying a lot because the X-Men franchise has not done well. Mm. Um, it's done okay. What's first? Do you know? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Mm. Um, but the, uh, yeah, it's, um, the X-Men franchise has been, like, its top performers are equaling the bottom performers of the Marvel Universe. Hmm. So it's not like it, they're doing that great, but those movies are made on the tiniest of budgets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it's still, uh, the Fantastic Four license is still up in limbo. Um, no real movement on that one currently. Okay, yeah. Um, one day we'll have to get to the Fav Four Stick Four. Remember they did the Fantastic with the Four as the oh, A. Yeah. yeah. The, the the Four. Well, we haven't done f- Silver f- Surfer either. The Rise so. of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that movie. We did the first one. Yeah. I I wiped a lot of it from my memory, but uh, <laughs> we did the first one. You mess with the thing, you mess with Brooklyn. <laughs> I think that was a line, right? Very true. <laughs> um, and also, uh, the Marvel, speaking of Marvel Studios, they are doing the Inhumans TV show now. I think they're going to be getting away from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and going into the Inhumans. Is that going to be a TV or it's is that going gonna to be, be Netflix? A, it's a TV show. Oh. Um, and it's also going to have a theatrical release pilot. I did hear about that. They're going to do like, yeah, the first two episodes will be like the yeah. pilot and that'll be a... I get super excited about these things, and then I go see it, and I get mad. I'm like, why does this look like a TV show? (laughs) I'm seeing a movie, and then I realize, like, oh, I'm watching a TV show in a movie theater. That always kind of annoys me. I think, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, they're they're doing the Inhumans, um, something that they've been talking about in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since, I don't know, season two, maybe. Um, Inhumans is... Now, comic book fans hear the Inhumans, we get all excited, because the Inhumans in the comics are much different than what Inhumans in the TV series are. Inhumans in the comics are this uh, race of species that lives on the moon, like you do. Yeah. It's about this royal family, uh, Black Bolt, Medusa, um, Karnak, um, not the John Carson character. Um, like these, these kind of like almost like superheroes, but they're this royal family and like whole backstory, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> But and shield inhumans is a term that they use for mutants because they can't say the word mutant because uh, Fox has the right to mutant, so hmm. they use the term inhuman. So I'm assuming that this show is kind of kind of be like more about like oh these people have special powers. It's not going to be like about the Marvel universe inhumans right. that we already know, which is what a lot of like a lot of so people it's are be really, heroes. Yeah, so a lot of people are really excited about that. I'm like, no, this movie's this show is going to be terrible. I, I'm almost 100 <laughs> percent sure because they're not going to go into like Black Bolt, the main character of the Inhumans, cannot speak because his his superpower aside from like strength and agility is is that his is his mime ability his well, pantomime. Well, if he says a word, like his ability to speak, like the words that he says are like super like powerful so if he says like a whisper it could destroy a planet kind of a cool power actually to use in the comic books but can you really use that in a tv show i don't think so mm. i always thought that like the best person to play black bolt in the, in like a movie would be keanu reeves to just not have keanu reeves say anything throughout the entire movie would just yeah. be a godsend sure 
I mean, look at John Wick. The worst parts of John Wick are when Keanu Reeves speaks. That's true. Yeah, his his him explaining the plot after he when he's tied to the chair, so, yeah. explaining the I'd whole say thing. I'm pretty pissed. Is the movie is the the reason that I don't love that movie? That's oh. the reason I'm like that's the worst. That's what takes that movie down like a star and a half for me. I hate that scene so much. I think John Wick Two comes out the same day as Lego Batman. So I'm kind of excited about that's going to be a great oh, double really? feature for me and Penny. Speaking of, I was going to bring that up actually. Um, I'm assuming you saw the full trailer before mm-hmm. Moana. Moana. Yeah. No one knows. Um, even though they say it in the movie, and I still don't know. Uh, we're from looks Chi- good. We're looks from really Chicago, funny. so it's Moana. Moana. <laughs> I kept singing. Uh, I kept singing it to the tune of Toto's Rosanna. <laughs> Moana. I kept doing that through the whole. It's a great. That's a great underrated song by Toto. Sure, everyone always thinks of Africa, but Rosanna's Rosanna's a great song. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But the trailer looks good. Very funny. I laughed. I enjoyed it. I'm. uh, I'm excited to see it, and just in 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 a pure fatherly sense, like I, Penny likes Batman. It's going to be funny. It's designed for kids. Yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah, the uh, I, 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 you, you want to talk about it on the show? You planning I, oh, on doing it? Yeah, I'll probably, we'll probably end up doing it. it. It'll be it'll be good to do a non Nolan Batman. <laughs> we have two more. We do have non Nolan Batman to get to Batman's Batman's Batman films. Yeah, I I I think the Lego Batman we're gonna get to them. would be pretty fun to do. I think it would be. Fun to kind of see how they play in that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Sarah's Robin will be adorable. Yeah, um, looks funny. They kept yeah. making fun of his costume. <laughs> exactly, not wearing pants. Ah, uh, well. So high that I can't fly. More deep than space number So the 1968 French comedy, French sex comedy, <laughs> Barbarella. What are what are your thoughts? What's your grade? Um, I'm gonna be pretty generous on this one because you know, again, I liked I liked the movie on its own terms. My expectations were pretty low because I remembered it being very very silly. Um. I, again, I'd seen parts of it, or I saw parts of the version with Adrian Barbeau. Who knows? Um, I'm going to give it a B minus because what do I want this movie to do that it didn't do? Uh, maybe be a little bit more coherent. That's about it. I mean, it was uh, beautifully shot. The the remastering looked great. I mean, that's not the movie itself, but the version I saw looked great. Um, 
and she just seemed to be so on board with all of it. Well, there's there's a reason why Jane Fonda is kind of like I shouldn't say revered, but Jane Fonda has like a special place, like <laughs> yeah. in a lot of people's oh, yeah. hearts because she is pretty adorable. She just had so much fun with this, and she was mm. so funny when someone would someone would come at her to like attack her, and she's like, "Hello!" Like <laughs> she's not afraid, and she's not. Like, well, that's gonna the, fight. She's just like that's the night. Na- na- here we are. Na- na- naivete. Naivete. Thank you. I couldn't I think was of the word. Gonna, I actually, I think I was about to text you at some point while I was watching the movie, and I was going to say more like naivarella because <laughs> she just trusted everyone right off the well, bat. And that's that's the that's almost like the the candide French aspect. Thank you very much, English major. There you go. Um, I knew it would come in handy. <laughs> Exactly, but it, it's, it takes a lot from that that French. And I think that's part of the reason too why I have a hard time understanding is because I'm coming from a very American point of view. I don't have this French point of view, at which like a, yeah. a lot of these French books, like comic I books, I think come I from. speak the movie's language well enough. Yeah, well, you like the French movies, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I understand what this movie wanted to do. You I, it actively didn't do watched it especially... Umbrellas of Cherbourg. I did, and I love it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, That's my like... God, that movie is amazing. I hope La La Land, is, speaking of Gosling, is mm-hmm. half as good as that movie. <laughs> by all by the early reviews I've heard, it is. So I'm I'm on board. That's going to be my frame of reference for that movie. Okay, so then. that's my benchmark. But, uh, I mean, I, 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 I did not... I'll, I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah. But... Until, was, until your son is old enough and you're like, hey, you want to watch Bob Morello? I'm going to show you this movie that's now <laughs> 60 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah. I... I so Barbarella for me, um, the greatest sin that a f- sexy French comedy can have is that it's neither sexy nor a comedy. It's definitely French, but it's not, neither sexy nor c- funny to me. Um, I I have to go with the D. Wow, I'm yeah. I was bored to tears sure. watching this movie. Yes, it was pretty. Yes, there were parts that I I I liked out of it, and I could I could cherry pick though, just mm-hmm. finding the little things I liked out of it. Um, it, it was it as bad as like Thor? No, it wasn't. Off- <laughs> it wasn't offensively bad, but it was just it was boring. It was just so yeah. long, and I I have to I I have to couch this in saying that I'm coming from this as a as from a 2016 perspective, um, and if looking at it in the history of film, I probably would come up with a better like uh, a better framing for like you could come from better frame because you watch a lot of like Jean Reno movies or mm-hmm. you know um I'm trying to think of some other French directors and I can't off the top of my head that's okay yeah. <laughs> but I I I don't have a lot of that frame of reference I don't like French comics at all <laughs> Franco Belgian comics right well I yeah I don't know I don't, anything the only thing Franco but... I have is Franco American chef boy Hadith so or uh, or or beloved American actor James Franco. James Franco, yeah, yeah. Or Gerard Depardieu, yeah, who is in the live action adaptation of Asterix and Obelisk, which maybe someday we'll get to. Mm. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. We should do Tintin sometime. The Peter Jackson, uh, just so you can get angry. Just so I can get really, really angry at this. Oh, beautiful- Spielberg, right? Spielberg uh, and Peter Jackson. I- oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, that that was at the one-two failure punch of uh, Spielberg doing Tintin and the War Horse back to back. Ah, yeah. People like War Horse. It's not a terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, people like that one. It's an adaptation of a stage play about a horse in World War One. It's like 
this isn't going to reach a lot of people. Yeah, I this, think that was, yeah. it was, this was always going to be very niche. Yeah. And then I watched Bridge of Spies. I was like, yeah, let's yeah, do that. Yeah, Bridge of Spies. <laughs> Bridge of Spies is great. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Yeah. America's uncle. Let's save everybody. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I have to go low. I have to go deep because I just, there was, I found nothing really redeeming about the movie in terms of like, Something that hmm. I I would like like this movie was a movie that I would see on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. I think, yeah, I think what it comes down to is I found the silliness and incomprehensibility charming, yeah. and you did not. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, think that, that's really what it boils down to. There's nothing wrong with that. If but, I yeah. didn't like, yeah, I agree completely. Like purely objectively this is not a good movie. I'm not recommending it to anyone. But if you are capable of speaking the language of this movie and finding this charming and sort of just whimsical just putting it on to be like what the hell am i watching look at how goofy all this is but everything is really shiny and colorful um a lot of the sets uh and um costuming was actually inspired by the wizard of oz Mm -hmm. so if you ever (laughs) i i I don't think this is in on par with that movie but i can see where they get that from wizard of oz Highly overrated, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree, but I also like it. So I'm like, okay, like I'll I'll look forward to seeing that one. Oh, you know, we're off kid, to see the wizard. I get it. <laughs> yeah, still not there. No, the only, still the only, not at the wizard. The only the only great thing about Wizard of Oz are are the I, in my opinion at least are the songs and like yeah. they stop halfway through the damn movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, it's, it's half of a musical. Yeah, it's it, very true. It's so bizarre. I hate it when only one musical has ever been able to pull that off, and that's 1776. <laughs> also, what I like to call the Proto Hamilton, and it's that's uh, true. <laughs> it's only because there's like a forty like a thirty minute segment where there's no singing, but then mm-hmm. they go back to the singing at the end, which I'm okay with. So. <laughs> So there you have it. A rare split decision. A rare split decision. On the bar. Yeah. On the Babzarella. Yeah. Uh, so go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at. At K White Says. Like our Facebook page, Comic Book Logic. Um, you could also, the best way you could help with the podcast is like, comment, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you could also listen to our sister podcast, Game Classy Podcast, which is all about tabletop gaming, which posts opposite weeks of this podcast. Where me and Steve we talk about Dungeons and Dragons, Man. and then uh, you could also listen to Comic Book uh, Comic Book Logic. That's this podcast, uh, Play On Podcast, which is all about the video games, Yay. where they jizz all over the NES, the new, the the, the retro NES thing. <laughs> I was trying to explain this to some kids at work. I'm like, why the hell would anybody want this? Those games were terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were they were, they were fun back in the 1980s, but that's all you had in the 1980s. Yeah. I mean, it's true. We, you made do before the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was all we had. Yeah, and now, now video, video games are easier because they're more fun because they are easier. So I could beat them and I could feel like I accomplished something. Uh, anyway. I'm so bad at video games. I still don't find them easier. <laughs> Can't do them. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is for me? It's it's trying to do the two control two joysticks at once. How the hell are people ambidextrous enough to do this? I always I end up either running forward while looking up at the sky, or I'm focusing, but I don't know how to get out of the wall that I'm stuck in front of. You are an old man. You yeah. are the last of a dying breed. I don't think they make they make them no. like you anymore. 
They broke the mold with you. They don't. I can't play video games, but I love umbrellas of shareboards. <laughs> exactly. so that's what I'm saying. Broke that's the mold. why I do a podcast about comic book movies. Yes. So uh, until next time. Her name is Rio, and she's boo, 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 boo. It took you this long. Comic. Look. Logic. Logic.